taxidermy. The taxidermist looked at the eight-day-old baby who died just before his bris. He was thankful for all the work Skur had given him, but the toll of tearing apart flesh and reshaping it was eating away at his mind, body, and soul. Over the past few years, Chuck had been written up in every newspaper around the United States for his work in preserving the essence of over 3,000 dead infants. He didn't get into the business to stuff newborns. His work began with dogs. In fact, his work began as an experiment on his own dog, Tucker. The silly, slap-happy, tail-wagging boy ate a chocolate bar on his second birthday and passed on. He now rested in Chuck's home looking out the window at squirrels through his glass, wavy teal eyes. Chuck looked down at the dead body of the circumcised boy before him. His parents said his name was Elijah. They left behind a set of clothes they were going to give him when he turned one month old. They were foolish to believe Elijah would survive a month. Over 600 million babies had died worldwide within 10 days of their birth over the past four years. Having had a vasectomy, no wife, and no children, Chuck opened up a plank in his floorboards and a staircase appeared. Beneath his workspace was a horde of scurr. Since the drink was banned in a second prohibition, he'd stocked up on every flavor he could get his hands on. There was whiskey, gin, tequila, cola, blue raspberry, and even water. It was the secret to his work. It was the reason for his work. It was also understood to be the death of humanity. Skur was a sugar-free, non-alcoholic beverage that made you feel drunk. There was no hangover, nothing to raise your blood alcohol content, and it didn't alter your motor skills. The drink was created by a group of 17-year-old chemists who ran a startup in Amsterdam. The FDA was pressured to give it their stamp of approval when studies showed the drink could eliminate 200,000 alcohol-related deaths a year. As you can imagine, this drink ravaged the Earth's population, especially the youth. Within a year of its release, so many college students were on it 24-7 that most public universities went from four years to seven years. Accidental pregnancy rose just shy of 34% in the United States. A panic struck amongst the youth when a conservative-dominated Supreme Court reversed Roe v. Wade just to feel like they were gods. Nine months of chaos ensued on the news. No one knew how this new generation would be handled. One by one, the Skur babies appeared. One by one, they all died within ten days. Some were stillborn. It turned out Skur babies were unable to sleep. They cried and cried until they could cry no more. An investigation into Skur revealed the drink's base ingredient was an inactive version of modafinil. Modafinil is used to reverse the effects of narcolepsy or help those that suffer from severe forms of sleep apnea. It turns out that if the drink is consumed enough, the inactive modafinil spreads throughout the body's bloodstream. In most cases, it disintegrates, but it remains in men's prostates. When the prostate helps form semen, the process activates the drug and infects the sperm. Chuck was feeling rather drunk as he'd just consumed two skur whiskeys and one skur water. He started to cry. There was no way he could stuff another baby. He had had enough of the wood, the wool, and the glass eyes. It pained him to know he could see the world, but the precious, lifelike child resting before him would never see. Even Tucker, who looked through the window, couldn't see the squirrels that used to taunt him into the setting sun. He thought that there had to be a way to get these babies to sleep 
But the scientists had tried everything. They tried every drug. They even tried getting the babies drunk on real alcohol. There was a knock at the door of the shop. Chuck looked through the glass to see a man and a woman. He couldn't remember if he'd seen them before, and if he had, he hoped he hadn't forgotten to stuff their child. They waved for him to come outside. He shook his head no, and waved his hands that he was busy. Seeming to understand, they walked away, only to return with a three-year-old boy in their arms. It wasn't possible for a three-year-old boy to exist. He figured he was super drunk and had consumed too much scurr. That was until the boy's glass eyes sparkled in the sunshine. He leaned forward and stared into the wavy teal eyes. Those were his eyes. Those were the eyes he gave every boy and girl. He walked to the door to let the family inside when he noticed there was a mob of people waiting for him. They were all crying. Some were in tears of joy with live children. Others were in tears of sadness holding dead newborns. At a closer look, the live children all had wavy teal eyes. Chuck locked up his shop and climbed up to the roof to get a better idea of what was going on. He was surrounded for miles. What's going on? he called out. My child! yelled a woman. You've brought back my child! The woman held up her daughter. Chuck looked down and took a good look at her. He remembered her pointy nose and large forehead. She was smiling. Not only was she smiling, she was breathing. She was alive. People held up signs calling him a savior and begging him to taxidermy their child. He looked up to the sky hoping God would have an answer for him when it started to rain. Interpreting God's wishes the wrong way, he leapt backwards and crowd surfed all the way home. It was magical to feel supported by so many hands after all the meticulous work his hands went through over the years. Upon Chuck's arrival home, he heard panting on the other side of the door. So he grabbed a shovel from his garage and got ready to bash a burglar's head in. When he opened the door, Tucker was on the other side, wagging his tail with his teal wavy eyes shining in the light. Chuck had no idea what was going on, but after he had a good play with Tucker, he knew he had to return to his shop. Elijah needed his life back. I honestly don't know if I remember why I wrote this story. I I think I was thinking about the idea of taxidermying people, which is a big aspect of it. But there's also the aspect of drinking. Uh, As of May 20... First of 2021, I am four and a half years sober. I don't know if I like to say sober or just that I don't drink. I haven't had a drink in four and a half years, but I always want to drink. Not always, but you know, I want to sometimes. And I thought it would be great if there was an alternative to alcohol where you felt drunk, but you didn't get drunk. You know, the, the good stuff without the repercussions. And so that's where I came up with this drink. <laughs> Skr, you know, and it's called skr because of like, uh, like skr, skr, or whatever the fuck that means. That thing that uh, those uh, Gen Z millennial children say, those rappers, I don't know. It's an ad lib and rapping, I guess. I don't know what it means. I hope it doesn't mean something terrible now that I'm saying it. I might have to come back and redo this uh, and look up what it means. I'm going to pause and look up what it means. Okay, skr, or whatever. <laughs> It just means uh, the wheels of a car driving 
or avoiding a girl or a situation. So I think I'm all good. I didn't say anything wrong. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, but what else to say on it? I don't know. I did this story a little bit differently. I, I didn't want to talk as fast or as crazy as I usually do because I felt like dead babies is a very dark subject. And I didn't want to go like, and the dead babies. Uh, just something didn't feel right about that. So I slowed things down. Um, but yeah, no, I'm very happy that I haven't drank in four and a half years or however long that goes on. <laughs> Definitely was not a good thing for me. It was not a good thing for my uh, bipolar disorder either. And it was hard at first for maybe a couple months, but then it's just been easy ever since. I haven't really been tempted in a long time to drink. Okay, the next uh, episode, the next story is called The Game Show Contestant. It's considered interlude number one. I have to do a crazy accent for this story, so I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to pull that off. I might end up sounding like Forrest Gump. Mom always said, life's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. That's probably what I'm going to end up doing. Anyway, I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you've been enjoying these stories as they go. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.